0: Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I am your host, Kim Smith, and we are on episode 144, Beware of Others Speaking on God's Behalf. This is one of those topics that is extremely personal to me. To be real honest with you, I'm not sure... Well, I... I, I would hope that I would have been obedient to God at his prompting to start this podcast without the event that I'm about to refer to. But the event itself definitely provided fuel during those first few episodes and then again seems to pop up at times so how many times have you had someone speak to you and they appear to be trying to tell you what they think god is saying to you now obviously When I do a podcast, when a preacher preaches a sermon, when a Sunday school teacher teaches from God's Word, if we are being faithful, we are trying to say what God's Word says and how you can apply it to your life. I'm not specifically, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you have someone that says something to the effect of that, well, God told me to tell you. That kind of thing. Not something straight from God's word, where someone is trying to help you apply God's word, but instead it is situation where someone is trying to speak on God's behalf. And the thing is, we can all fall into that same trap because none of us are immune to believing we've heard from God when we really haven't. We've either heard a demon whispering, we've heard what we think we want to hear. We kind of place in our own mind, oh, this must be God's assurance. It's one thing to do that to yourself and deceive yourself. We talked about that just three or four weeks ago where we were talking about King Saul and how he deceived himself into thinking that God was still on his side. But in today's lesson, we're going to have where the people who were with David at that time, when he is up against Saul again, when they speak to David and pretty much tell him, this is what God has told you. This is this is that instance that God had told you about. And God is telling you in this moment that you need to take care of business. And David is tempted. You can tell that David is tempted. I mean, these are probably men that he trusts. These are part of his motley crew that have been hiding out with him. So you got to remember that we've been walking our way through 1 Samuel and we're in 1 Samuel 24. And rarely do we take on the whole chapter, but today we're going to. I'm not saying we won't possibly come back to it next week. Uh, maybe if, in the midst of reading over it again, there's something that really jumps out at me, then I will. I will look at that. But we're going to read through it, and we're going to really zone in on verses four through seven a. So catching you up for those of you who haven't been with us, or you know, more than likely you've taken a week in between these. The thing is, we've been walking through the life of David, David to be the future king of Israel, but Saul is the current king, and Saul has been stalking David. I mean, there's just no other word uh, than stalking, because he is so jealous of David. He is so paranoid. He believes that David is out to get him, and that's very, very apparent in today's story uh, specifically and we've been walking down this road and we're just trying to learn we're trying to learn from david and how he handles this very difficult situation that he goes through not for a short time but for years he's on the run he knows that he is to be the next king of israel god has already sent samuel the prophet to anoint david he knows that god has a good plan for him but you will see at times that he forgets that because circumstances can cause us to forget the promises of god can i hear an amen it's it's just a fact they can blind us and and make us either think that god has changed his mind or just cause us to just forget that god has promised us good things So let's start. 1 Samuel 24, after Saul uh, returned from fighting the Philistines. So let's just stop there. What we were talking about last week was how God intervened on David's behalf. So I'm going to skip back really quick to the end of 1 Samuel 23. Because we were discussing about divine intervention. And David has been hiding in the wilderness. and. It says, Saul and David were now on opposite sides of the mountain. Just as Saul and his men began to close in on David and his men, an urgent message reached Saul that, de- that the Philistines were raiding Israel again. So Saul quit chasing David and returned to fight the Philistines. Ever since that time, the place where David was camped has been called the rock of escape. And that was the, the main point of our lesson last week where we were talking about where is your rock of escape? Where is that place or places in your life where you've experienced God's deliverance? I've got to take a little journey off, um, and and wow! So between the recording of last week's podcast and this week's podcast, I'm just I'm just overwhelmed. how many people in my home state of Kentucky as well as in Arkansas and I think it's four other states there was a massive set of tornadoes that hit last night Uh, in western Kentucky there was a candle factory that was hit by this massive tornado and the count that I've heard is as many as 75 to a hundred people have perished. There was a nursing home hit in Arkansas, just the devastation. And I've looked at these pictures, these pictures, especially from a community called Mayfield, Kentucky and areas where I've never even been in my home state. Just looking at the devastation, but as sad as it is that there are many who have died in this with looking at the devastation, the question that automatically comes to my mind is how did the others live? I mean, this just like tore the place apart and yet they did. It just overwhelms me to think that there are many, many, many people who experienced God as their deliverer, because you know that they cried out to him. There's no doubt in my mind. They found their rock of escape. They're going to be rebuilding for years, and they will never be the same as before the devastation. but. How different a week, how how much of a changed life can be in just a short time. And then David, in our text, then went to live in the strongholds of Engedi. And we know for a fact that he was in a cave, because that's where our next setting is going to be. So after Saul returned from fighting the Philistines, he was told that David had gone into the wilderness of Engedi. So Saul chose 3000 elite troops from all Israel and went to search for David and his men near the rocks of the wild goats. So every time I have read this I just want to scream. And why is that? Let me read verse 2 to you again. So Saul chose 3,000 elite troops from all Israel and went to search for David and his men near the rocks of the wild goats. Saul, Mr. Paranoid himself, Mr. David's out to get me, Mr. David's out to get my throne. Saul is risking the lives of 3,000 elite men in a pursuit of stalking of his perceived enemy. He is leaving his people without 3,000 of their best troops so that he can attempt to get rid of his perceived enemy of David. That takes selfishness to a whole new level. It's one thing to be totally delusional and self-deceived. It is another thing when your self-deception leads to endangering the lives of others. Oh my. Verse 3. At the place where the road passes some sheepfolds, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. Yes, he went to take a leak. Yep. I mean, you know, and, and maybe number two, we we don't know exactly what happened. We, we just know for sure that he, just like everybody else, had to take care of business. But as it happened, which nothing happens without God's hand over it, But as it happened, David and his men were hiding farther back in that very cave. Now, we know that wasn't as it happened. That is as God ordained. Now, here's where we get into the primary key verse that we're talking about. And it's verse 4. And I'm going to read it not only from the New Living Translation, which is what I traditionally read from on this podcast, but I'm going to read it from the ESV because it reads differently, but I understand why the translators of the NLT, I understand why they put what they did. It's just putting the two pieces together will be helpful. So, now's your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do as you to do with as you wish. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. Now let's go to verse four from the English standard version, which is more of a word by word translation. And the men of David said to him, here is the day of which the Lord has said to you, behold, I will give your enemy into your hand and you shall do to him as it shall seem good to you then David arose and stealthily cut off a corner of Saul's robe what are they saying to David well taking these two translations and then i looked at two others what what they're saying is they are speaking on God's behalf and saying okay you remember when God said to you that you are going to be victorious God is saying to you in this moment that this is that time. Again, they are speaking for God. They are taking what God has already said, but they are saying this is when God meant for that to happen. When David's men whispered to him or said to him, we're coming back because that is the main thing application point of our lessons this week. Let's move through the rest of this, but we want to we want to kind of take it in. And I want you to be thinking, when have you had people speak to you saying, this is what the Lord said? It may be a false prophet in a pulpit, or it may be somebody in your life that is saying to you, The Lord told me, and it doesn't mean that God cannot speak through another human being. It doesn't mean that. But what they say better match up with God's word. Because they can just be every bit as self-deceived as you or I. Verse 5. But then David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe. I mean, it comes down to that this wasn't what... I mean, David... So you could just imagine the look of David's men when David creeps up and they're thinking, oh, he's going to take Saul out, and instead of taking Saul out, he just cuts off a little piece of his robe and then runs back. Like, they're probably about to go, what are you doing? But David's conscience like bothered him just to even do that. In verse 6 it says, "He said to his men, 'The Lord forbid that I should do this to my lord the king. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one for the Lord himself has chosen him.'" I mean, David was such a man of honor. And Saul was so confused. He was so delusional. Here David he just, he's nothing like what Saul has in his mind that David is. And David's motives are so different than what Saul thinks is going on. I've been uh, listening to a lot of audiobooks, Christian audiobooks, and, and one of the things that happens in them as well as in real life, it's just a fact, is when people. They, they don't talk to somebody because they, they think that the other person thinks one way, whatever it is. And when they finally start talking, they find out that the whole time that they have been totally wrong. They were looking at actions and trying to figure out the reasons behind them. And they were so off base. That's Saul and David. Like Saul thinks that David is just this conniving shepherd boy turned Goliath slayer turned his son-in-law that wants to kill him and take the throne. Here we go. Verse 7. So David restrained his men and did not kill them did not let them kill Saul. After Saul had left the cave and gone his way, David came out and shouted after him, My lord, the king. And when Saul looked around, David bowed low before him. This has got to have been such an interesting, (laughs) just a moment. It's going to get more fun. Then he shouted to Saul, Why do you listen to the people who say I am trying to harm you? This very day, you can see with your own eyes, it isn't true for the Lord placed you at my mercy back there in the cave. Some of my men told me to kill you, but I spared you for I said, I will never harm the king. He is the Lord's anointed one. Look, my father at what I have in my hand, it is a piece of the hem of your robe. I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. This proves that I am not trying to harm you and that I have not sinned against you, even though you've been hunting for me to kill me. May the Lord judge between us. That is a great statement because David knows his own heart and he's willing to ask that God judge between them. Perhaps the Lord will punish you for what you are trying to do to me, but I will never harm you. As that old proverb says, from evil people come evil deeds, so you can be sure I will never harm you. Who is the king of Israel trying to catch anyway? Should he spend his time chasing one who is as worthless as a dead dog or a single flea? May the Lord therefore judge which of us is right and punish the guilty one. He is my advocate and he will rescue me from your power. When David had finished speaking, Saul called back, "Is that really you, my son David?" Then he began to cry. I mean, Saul is one messed-up king. And he said to David, "You are a better man than I am, for you have repaid me good for evil. Yes, you have been amazingly kind to me today. For when the Lord put me in a place where you could have killed me, you didn't do it. Who else would let his enemy get away?" when he had him in his power. May the Lord reward you well for the kindness you have shown me today. And now I realize that you are surely going to be king and that the kingdom of Israel will flourish under your rule. Now swear to me by the Lord that when that happens, you will not kill my family and destroy my line of descendants. So David promised this to Saul with an oath. Then Saul went home, but David and his men went back to their stronghold. There's a whole lot in there that promise that David makes to Saul, we will find out it'll be a while now uh in the future, but we will find out that David took that promise very strongly, and he did take care of what was left of Saul's kingdom when Saul and Jonathan uh, were killed. But David did not do the killing David not not did not set up Saul. David honored Saul even after death. And so we hear this this apparent repentance by Saul. And I say apparent because that's what it was. I don't know if he really felt guilty in that moment. I don't know if he had a moment of lucidity, as we talk about in the counseling world, where somebody may be confused as can be, and they just have a moment where they are clear? I don't know. But what I do know is you see that David didn't immediately say, okay, yeah, everything's good, I'm going to go back with you. Like, where did David and his men go? They went back into their stronghold, and you couldn't blame him. Because he's already seen such erratic behavior out of Saul. How many times do abusers do? This is such the picture of abuse. And I, I realize that I may have people on this particular podcast. Who have experienced a scenario that is so similar to this. Where they have confronted their abuser. And in that moment, the abuser says, you know, I am so sorry. I love you so much. I will never do it again. As David said, may the Lord judge between us and may the Lord punish the one in the wrong. I'm asking right now, That if that is you. That you will call upon the Lord. To be your advocate. To rescue you. But that God will give you the courage to do what you need to do as well. And wisdom. Wisdom. And discernment. To discern if someone has really. Repented. And is going to change. Not only their ways but their attitudes or not because Saul did not which is sadly the way of so many abusers so let's venture back up to verse 4 Now's your opportunity David's men whispered to him today the Lord is telling you I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish now Again, God had promised David that he was going to get through this and that he would, you know, eventually become the king. But we do not see that God is telling David that that day. And he's not telling David, "I want you to kill King Saul." But if David had listened to his men saying that the Lord was telling him to kill Saul because circumstances, you know, that's what the circumstances look like to, to David's men that were talking to him. They're thinking Saul's right here. This must be the time where God was talking about that he was going to deliver David Isn't it interesting how we can be so focused on circumstances? And it isn't it isn't the fact that God does not use circumstances. That that's not the case. God can close doors that he needs closed. He can open doors that he needs open. Like he can use circumstances but we can't look at circumstances apart from God's word and look at them and come up to our own conclusion that this is God saying. Like we're putting words in God's mouth, which is absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt incredibly dangerous. And the fact that God would not strike us dead at that very moment, I would not blame him. You know, I think back because in my Sunday school class, we've been going through the divided kingdom. And I think about the fact that King Ahab, he did not want to hear From the godly prophets, because they never gave him what he wanted to hear. Instead, they told him what God really said and what God was going to do. So he would rather literally call for a yes man and hear something to make him feel like things were going to be better than to talk to somebody who really heard from the voice of God and would speak truth into him. Would you rather hear from somebody who is tickling your ears or would you really hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and the truth of God's word, God's character? So many in this day in which... We live. And I have no idea when you're listening to this. I am recording this in December of 2021. But it's going to be the same. Whenever you're listening. Because in First John 4, the problem that I see happening all around today with so many false prophets, with these large platforms saying that they are speaking on God's behalf. It's the same problem that John, not long after Christ's death, was seeing. In 1 John 4, 1-3, through 3, we have, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the spirit that com- has they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus... That person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. This was all the way back in the first century. There were false prophets then, and there are false prophets now. There are false prophets that stand in our pulpits. There are false prophets who walk up and down roads, saying the Lord has said, or, you know, trying to predict the when Jesus is going to come again. I had somebody just, just a few days ago that, you know, believes that they know, they didn't say an exact date, but that they know when Christ is coming back. And they, you know, were telling me different things that... Are contrary to scripture. No one who is hearing. From the voice of God. Is going to be. Speaking anything. That is contrary to what God's word says. I used to see the story about how people are trained to spot counterfeit money. And you might be tempted to think that how they're trained is they are given multiple different types of counterfeit currency so that they can spot it. But that was not the case in the story that I've read and it makes sense to me. Instead of being shown different types of counterfeit, they are tasked with studying the real thing so that any variation off of that real bill, they're going to spot. One of the reasons, in my opinion, that so many people are so easily... Persuaded, led astray by people who are false prophets is because they have no idea what the Bible really says. They couldn't, they do not know what the real currency looks like. They have not studied to show themselves approved. And therefore, they do not recognize the counterfeit voices. I ask you, this very moment, are you currently listening to any false prophets? It may be a TV preacher. It may be a Bible study leader. It may be a podcast person. We've got podcast people all across the world. I mean, a microphone and, I mean, it can be a cell phone mic. I mean, you can record a podcast and upload. You don't even have to pay money in this day and time to, to do it at all. Who are you listening to? Who do you believe is truly speaking on God's behalf? The number of times I've been in homes over the years or I've been in conversations with people and they will start talking to me about, oh, I love to watch and I'm not going to name names, but I just want to scream because all that person is doing Is tickling ears. Because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are not teaching God's word. They are not faithful to teach it. They will not teach the full counsel of Scripture. They want people in those seats. But it's not just people that are in the media, on blogs, like it can be your next door neighbor. That's another thing that I run across all the time are people who, they really, they wouldn't even tell you that they have a relationship with God. They just want to claim a religion, whatever one it is, because it's not just one. And then they want to tell you what the truth is. They want to tell you that your loved one, when they die, will become an angel, which is absolutely counter to scripture. They want to tell you This, that, and the other, whatever their grandma told them, or whatever they've sat down and thought up. You know how cults are formed? It's just by that. People sitting down and thinking up things that are not scripture. Are you listening to false prophets? Are you reading their books? are you listening to false prophets where you attend services just like first john 4 said you've got to test the spirit test to see if the spirit if if this person is truly speaking on God's behalf if if this message really comes from God all of us who speak on podcast or wherever it may be every one of us has an agenda and i'm not using that word agenda in a negative connotation but it can be right now there's a very very popular podcast that's out and and it's about a story sadly a true story and it's about a false prophet and it's about the damage that was done and it's about that person's agenda and that person's pride and how many people were led astray it happens every day it can happen in your personal life you may you may you may have something somebody in your life that has always been steady and you've grown to trust what they say and at this point they would you wouldn't even think of testing that versus God's word but you need to Because there's none of us. Not one of us. I don't care if it's somebody who's been preaching faithfully for 50 years. There's not one of us that doesn't have their own perspective. That can't make a mistake. That can't just go off on our own tangent and not listen to the voice of the Spirit. Not study God's Word. That... Can't not be tempted to take something out of context and it be just flat wrong. You need to do the work. It is great that people inspire you to read God's word and to study God's word. That is the main thing I want to do with this podcast. When I change the name of it, at episode 100 to encouraging others in loving Jesus. I know that on the scriptures that I go over each week, I know that I'm only scratching the surface. I'm not trying to do an in depth Bible study like um, K. Arthur and Precepts. You know, thank God for what they have done for so many years. I'm trying to whet your appetite, I'm trying to point you to God's Word. I'm trying to get you to dig in, to get study resources, to get on your knees and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you truth out of God's word. I want you in his word daily and then his word in you daily. That would be the best gift I could ever receive is if, as a result of my efforts, you are in God's Word and God's Word is in you. Because you know what? When you're in His Word and His Word is in you, you will change the world. There's no option because in God's word, Christ says to go and tell the good news. We can't, we can't hold back. Time is short. As I said earlier, between The last recording in this one. Lives have been lost as a result of tornadoes. Lives have been lost for many other reasons, I'm sure, as well. But that natural disaster that occurred, those people weren't anticipating that. There is no way in the world they woke up yesterday morning and said, I think I'm going to meet my maker today. Like, unless God specifically told them, that wasn't the case. You and I need to be faithful. We need to be faithful students of God's word. And we need to be faithful stewards of God's word. So the gut check is for you. Are you currently listening to any false prophets? If so, repent and stop. But if you don't know, then ask God to show you, just like David did. David asked that the Lord judge between him and Saul. Like he's just coming, coming out with it and saying, God, I'm trusting you to show your truth, to make this crystal clear. Because David knew his own heart. And even though our hearts can be deceptive, David knew that he really wasn't trying to kill Saul. And he wanted God to show that to Saul. Ask God to show you. Are there false prophets around you? And this is not the official question of the week, but I'm going to just do gut check. Are you also willing to ask God, are you being a false prophet? Are you saying things out of tradition that you've been taught and it is not really lining up with scripture, such as the fact that when we die we will become angels? Not biblical. Go to the book of Hebrews and read, read, read. Are you guilty of being a false prophet? Those verses that I have prayed over you all so many times and I will continue to the last two verses in the book of Psalm 139. I pray again that God would search each of us and know our hearts, that he would test us and know our anxious thoughts. He would point out any offensive way in us and he would lead us in the way everlasting. The time is now to put away falsehood, to not look for preachers and Bible study teachers and bloggers and whoever else that tickle our ears and make us feel good and we're going to be happy, happy, happy because that's what God wants. Have you read the Bible? Paul did not seem to be playing the happy, happy, happy game, but he was playing the faithful steward game. And he faithfully, he faithfully spoke God's word after he came to his senses. And we're talking about, you know, New Testament, Saul, Paul there. Faithfully, but he didn't live this happy, happy, happy existence. He went through suffering, 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 just like Christ did. Paul even said that he was privileged to participate in the sufferings of Christ. We have one life, one life, one chance. Quit listening to the people whispering in your ears or yelling in your TV sets or blasting in your podcast headphones that are not truly speaking on God's behalf. Quit letting them point you in the wrong direction because you are the one that's going to be accountable for your one life. Make it count. And if you have been spreading falsehoods yourself, if you've been just a false prophet because you really weren't schooled, so to speak, you hadn't dedicated yourself to God's Word and really learned it. Repent and go forward and beg God to show you by His Holy Spirit living inside of you to show you the truth from His Word and to not only be able to apply it to your own life but to teach others. I just thank you so much for tuning in. A reminder that this podcast is free for you to listen to. It's free for you to share with others. I would love to see more of you join our Facebook group. We've had a, had a little movement in the last few weeks and I'm happy to see that it's encouraging others in loving Jesus. Uh, It's the name of the Facebook group. You request admittance and I will let you in. Uh, I usually share quite a few things just as encouragement during the week. Um, you'll also get reminders whenever the podcast comes out each week and then In this next year, next year for me, um, I'm I'm really planning to do some videos in there and just some extra teaching. Uh, That's one of my goals for 2022 is to just do a little bit more of the midweek encouragement. Looking forward to seeing how that's going to play out. So, if you have any questions, any comments, you can write me at encouraging others in loving Jesus at gmail dot com. And just a reminder till next week, it's always a trust and obey kind of day.